Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators. Podcast by educators. For more great podcast recommendations, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. This episode of Podcast PD is brought to you by the Education Calendar. The EDU Calendar is a crowdsourced, searchable map and calendar of education events around the world. Their goal is to help share great learning opportunities for all educators so we can grow together. For more information and to find out where you can learn next, visit theeducationcalendar.com. Welcome to Podcast PD, the podcast. This is the podcast for K-12 educators who want anytime, anywhere professional development. We are going to dive deep into the education topics that you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day, but you'll have a lot more fun with AJ Bianco, Stacey Lindas, and me, Chris Nessie. Chris, Stacey, how are you guys doing today? I'm all right. AJ, how are you? Doing good, AJ. Doing well. Stacey, how are you? I am all right. Even though you're doing park now, you're okay? You're okay? I'm getting my steps in. Today, <laughs> I'm at 16,000 something. Yesterday, I got to 10,000 before noon. But yesterday was day one of park. The only thing I had to deal with that was negative is the floor I was on, they only had one bathroom open, and I had to ask somebody... Why is only one bathroom open? And then they thought about it and said, you know what? You're right. We should have multiple bathrooms open for when kids need to use the facilities. I said, great. So that was the biggest hiccup today for me. They're not open all the time? They're open all the time. Well, this particular bathroom had been shut down for graffiti problems. Oh. But they thought that there would still be graffiti problems during testing. I got you. I think they overthought it. But hey, what can you do? And you got a you got a ridiculous test, and you get some ridiculous problems that go along with it, right? And, and that's just the questions solutions. on the test. You're not supposed to look, Mister Nessie. He's not looking. He's just hypothesizing and speculating. Today was language science. arts literacy. I was not reading anything. <laughs> I love it. You only did language arts and literacy today. We did the first section, 110 minutes. Uh, we're splitting it, so it's like half math, half. I uh, have English language arts. We're going language arts, day one, language arts, day two, language arts, day three, and then math, day four, math, day five, math, day six. Do you have six days apart? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. We have four days apart, and we only have four days apart because we have an extra day of like a pilot or some extra thing that doesn't count for anything. Otherwise, we'd have three. Oh, wow. And that's because we do two units a day. Well, I, th- I think the, the reason is they, they could do that, except in my school being uh, the social economic status it's in, we have to feed the kids. So I, I think if we didn't have to provide them with the lunch, we could test them twice and get them out of there on a half day. But We feed them lunch. I don't know. If, it's, if, it's been kind of interesting. If it was scheduling. up to me, it would be three days. Test them in the morning, feed them, test them, send them home. 
I kind of like our model because this is my first first experience being in a one to, like a completely one to one building, and this is actually the first year where any of our buildings have been one to one. So everyone is testing pretty much at exactly the same time, with the exception of our sixth graders who have a different teaching schedule. So they're kind of broken up because they do have the first lunch period. So they have to be through with their testing before eleven. And then they go back for their second two, their last two um, academic classes. And that's when they have their last testing periods. It's kind of weird. See, that's outstanding. I'm in a K-8 building. So we're dealing with grades three through eight who are testing all on different levels, all at different times. This is a six-week test for us, plus an extra week for any makeups. And since we're not one-to-one, the way the computers are shifting is absolutely ridiculous. My eighth graders lose their one-to-one devices. Uh, they lost them last week. Uh, some of them actually lost them this week because more were needed. Then they lose them for a full week next week, and then they lose them the full week after that. So three of these six weeks, the devices they've relied on since October, they can't use, which I understand why, but it's just it's a real bummer for them that they have to change the way that they've been learning. Yeah, that's disruptive. So while we're one-to-one, five through eight, Nobody loses their one-to-one devices. Um, what we do is we have extra carts. So those carts get um, get shifted from building to building. And we have nine out of our 10 schools are taking part in the test at some point um, from the end of April. No, end of, I'm sorry, end of March to the beginning of May. And actually today, all or three out of our four elementary schools started uh, park for their third grade classes. Unbelievable. Yeah. It, it's, all, all this, it's the stupidest all, test ever. Ridiculous data. And that's doesn't show anything for both teachers and students. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about park. So let's focus no. on fun things. Like yeah, leadership actually, and education. <laughs> we actually are doing a first for Podcast PD. And we are going to bring in our first Podcast PD guest. So everybody put your hands together. And then apart and then together again for our special guest tonight, a Mr. Mike Andruli. Uh, we have Mike Andruli with us. Mike is the supervisor of curriculum, instruction, and assessment at Hillsdale Public Schools, Bergen County, New Jersey. Uh, Mike is a former elementary and math teacher with degrees from both Rowan University and Ramapo College. Mike is a well-respected educational leader with experience in curriculum design, staff development, and technology integration. He's a member of the North New Jersey chapter of ASCD, and he joins us now to talk a little bit about educational leadership and maybe continue that park conversation. How's it going, Mike? It's going well. As, as soon as you brought up park, the uh, it wasn't going as well, but we've been uh, we're starting our testing next week. So me and the assistant principal, who is the district test coordinator, have been uh, in our bunker for the last uh, few weeks, making sure everything's everything's up to date and everything's ready to go and just based off of what you were saying, I think the, the amount of time and effort that goes into setting it up and uh, making sure everyone has the right accommodations, they're in the same right groups, and just making sure all of the requirements are in place really just takes up so much energy and, and power that could be used somewhere else. So we're, uh, we're in the middle school. We are one-to-one this year in seventh and eighth grade. So we are rolling the dice and hoping we've done some tests that we're going to be able to test all of the students. Um, at, in each every day, we're going to be testing all the students. So two grades will test in the morning, two grades will test in the afternoon, and we hope to be done in 
six days and then for fifth grade they'll have a seventh day but hoping that everything goes well um i'm, I'm hoping to get some steps in because like i said we've been sitting in the conference room and it's been pretty uh i've been pretty lazy so i'm hoping, looking forward to moving around a little bit hopefully just checking up on things and not running around solving problems hopefully we uh, already solved all the problems before we started come on mike it's park you know something's gonna go wrong <laughs> oh of course it will but i'd like to say it's not going to at least the tech director in my building, I saw him today, and he said that for him and the tech department, park and testing is like their Super Bowl. This is what they've game planned for for the last 12 months. Isn't that, that the, sad the part? tech director? Yeah. Isn't that the sad part? Like, this is what they plan for, not like technology for students' hands and the things they can do with it, but for the park. It's the infrastructure. Make sure, make sure we don't burst the system. That's about it. Well. Let it all it's, burst. It's why so many schools in New Jersey are going one-to-one. Let's be real. So there's one positive we can think about is the fact that kids can become more creative thanks to the park. But not directly because <laughs> no. of the park. It's a byproduct because they have devices. They can be creative. So, Mike, we have you here because you're like the only leader who said yes. No, we, again, you're well-respected. So – for those of our listeners who are not familiar with what I, we all would agree is the premier leadership organization that if you are a leader, a supervisor, administrator, uh, aspiring or otherwise, you aspire to be, and hopefully you become a member of ASCD. So first for the listener who maybe doesn't know what that is, what is ASCD? So ASCD is, it's I've been part of it now for a few years. It's the Association for Supervision and Curriculum Development. And kind of like my job title, it really encompasses everything in education. And I think that's why it goes beyond just the curriculum development. And um, really, there's teacher leaders that are involved. There are people in curriculum. You have principals and assistant principals involved. And it's really an organization that looks to just improve learning for the students and professional development for teachers and administrators. What made you want to join it? I've read a lot of the books that they uh, either have endorsed or put out, and they um, also some of the articles that they publish. And again, a lot of it has to do with the whole child. That's one of the major focuses now, and just really looking at different ways to, um, as I said, work with teachers to enhance learning experiences for their students. So, search on it, and it, it, it like I said, it spoke my language, spoke exactly what what inspires me as an as an educational leader. So, did some research, and I. Um, joined up with the North Jersey affiliate. And then um, when I, when I took this position, I've always followed along with what the organization was doing. But when I got my supervisor uh, position, that's when I officially became a member of ASC day. Do you have to be in an administrative role to be a member or could somebody like me who is, has a supervisor cert and aspires to get a leadership position? Uh, could, could I join now? I would believe anyone can join. Um, as I said, I from I don't know the whole history of the organization, but I would imagine started off as a curriculum director, or people who develop curriculum, uh, an organization really specified for them. But as time went on, as I said, since almost everyone is is touching the curriculum in some way, no matter what your role is, that's really why it's it's pretty much an all encompassing organization. So you're more than welcome to join. So, Mike, one of the reasons we had you on tonight, or for this podcast, is because. Uh, you attended the Empower 17 
uh, ASCD conference out in beautiful Anaheim, California. Uh, what was your uh, real reason for heading out to Anaheim from New Jersey besides the beautiful weather? Well, I was I was going to say the beautiful weather, but um, I've always wanted to go. I wanted to go last year um, the conference, but just couldn't do it. It was my first year in the district and um, had a lot of things going on in the district. So I wanted to kind of get my feet wet a little bit more, but I had my eye on the conference this year. And obviously the fact that it was in California at the end of March when we were still deal- dealing with some winter weather and cold, rainy weather out here in New Jersey, that was an added bonus. But um, I-, I, had, I had followed along a lot through Twitter and just some of the um, resources they put out from last year's conference. And as I said, I really wanted to go. So when we have a new superintendent this year, in one of my first conversations with him, um, I asked him if, if we'd be able to, if I'd be able to go. So um, my my board of education was kind enough to let me go and approve the trip. And uh, I was really thankful that they did. And like I said, after following last year's and just kind of, as I mentioned before, respecting everything that ASCD puts out, it was, it was something I really look forward to. And as I found out about more of the people that I interact with on Twitter and know personally that they were going, I got even more excited for it before I head out there. So what was your experience like? Uh, it was really good. I got out there the day before and I was able to enjoy a little bit of California um, in the day. And then I sat in about two and a half hours of traffic, which w- should have been a 45 minute drive to get to Anaheim. I think that's what California and, uh, is. Yes, pretty much so. So um, when I, when I got to, when it was the, the next day, the event started, and I'll be honest, I was, I don't want to say overwhelmed, but I was out there pretty much by myself, even though I knew of some people that were going. And I was a little nervous about, not nervous, but I was a little concerned about the fact that I had heard that in the past, sometimes it can get a little clicky. Um, so I was wondering if being there by myself, I was going to feel that and kind of just do all the sessions and everything by myself. But I, I really did see in a lot of the, um, the New Jersey educators that I know and other people in my, in my, uh, that I've interacted with on Twitter within like a minute or two, they, you know, they started talking to me and it just made it a lot more welcoming. And then going to a lot of the sessions, um, the the one I would say complain is that they had so many great sessions, but they only had a few different time slots that they held them. So um, during each session, you, there were five or six different um, presentations that I wanted to go to that I couldn't actually get into. So um, that was the one complaint, but overall, like I said, the energy was amazing. Uh, The conversations that, walking around and talking to different people, as I said, most of the, um, you know, you always, I always, I was looking forward to seeing some of those edges celebrities that I see on Twitter. And, and, and uh, there were people lined up down the hallway for certain, certain presentations, but I would say for the most part, most of those people um, that I did come in contact with were pretty open to talking to me and to listening. Cause I feel like there may have been one or two and I'm not going to drop any names that were just interested in talking about what they do in themselves and weren't really interested in the conversation. But there were so many people that really it was just the conversations going outside. They had some food trucks during lunch. Um, there happened to actually be a national cheerleading competition going on in the same conference center, the convention center. So like I said, the energy was, was pretty crazy there, but um, every lunch, like I said, every, every downtime there was all you saw and all we got involved in were conversations, which was, which was great. I'm sure. I'm sure it's fantastic being in a place like that, where I guess everybody is sharing the same vision, the same ideas of what they want education to be like, and and that's that's pretty fantastic when you uh, have everybody in that kind of area. And now, Mike, one thing I'm curious: you, you throughout the uh, the sessions, and you and I have done sessions together. We have been co- at conferences together. 
And there's been a lot of gripes, you know, about sessions that we attend and things that we were looking forward to, but maybe the session didn't hit on that mark. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot right here. Hmm. What sessions did you attend? And of the sessions, which one really stands out to you as the best session of the weekend? So two of the sessions I went to were uh, Principal Caffelli that I had been following on Twitter and I haven't seen any of his presentations. And just the way he spoke about being a leader and really knowing what your vision and what your why, what your purpose for being in education is, and whether you're a teacher leader, whether you're a leader of a school or a leader of a district, um, just really kind of going back to your roots of why you got into education and kind of questioning if that's still the reason you're in it and if that's still what's inspiring you or if your vision and your why has evolved over the years. And uh, what was great about the sessions is not only did he give us and share a lot of knowledge, but as I said, a lot of his questions really sparked you to think and not just think about, oh, what are we implementing in our schools and districts and what are some cool tools and tricks? Because I feel like that's a lot of the uh, a lot of the conferences and conventions that I've gone to recently has been more about that. It's a lot more about like the tools that people are using and the different uh, – it, it's not necessarily about always the culture of the school and that culture of learning. And I feel like that's really what he focused on, just that culture of learning and the culture of being there for your students and doing whatever you need to do for them and, and, and forming those relationships and really getting at the heart of education and, as I said, the heart of why we all hopefully most likely went into education. Uh, so his sessions were awesome. Um, I also saw we um, I saw some on just performance tasks, which we're redoing our math curriculum. So for me, even though that may not be the most exciting uh, topic out there, it was a really good one because it, it made me question some of the performance tasks that we've created just to make sure that they were really, truly not just assessing the standards and what we're trying to do in our in our district, in our region, but more importantly, getting kids ready for their real life and apply, actually applying those skills. So that was good. Also, um, there were there were a lot of others. I may have to think about some more. But like I said, there, everyone I went, there was not one that I went into that I walked out of or that I wanted to walk out of, which which, again, isn't isn't always the case. You mentioned that you felt really emboldened and that you already had relationships because of Twitter. And I find that when I go to conferences that are really big like that, sometimes the sessions can be hit or miss. And I get more out of lunch. And you said that you had really rich conversations out of you know, during your lunch and off times, which do you think were more beneficial to you personally and to bring back to your schools? I think personally, it was definitely the conversations um, because you were able to see either what people have gone through, uh, actually connect with people that you've talked to on Twitter, but never actually met in real life. Uh, that, that was really energizing to just have conversations. And it wasn't all about education. A lot of it was just hanging out and, and having a good time. I met uh, some really great people, one from Chicago area, one from Boston that we've started a, a group message chain uh, that we've been texting each other and kind of became friends. And we met just randomly at some events. So um, I would say for bringing it back to my district, uh, what was really awesome about the convention overall is that they are they shared every single resource and presentation in every single one of the sessions. Before, again, before we've been locked into park is um, – just trying to create some folders on, on my Google Drive that I'll eventually share with staff uh, with the title of the session. And hopefully some of them at least will go into them and uh, kind of I, I'll be able to share some of the resources that were offered to me and kind of pay it forward a little bit like that. Continue that conversation. Now, Mike, having never been to a conference like this before, 
when all was said and done, do you think that your expectations were met? And what were those expectations? I think the expectations, as I said, was really just, I feel like I wanted to just be re-energized. Um, we're doing a lot of great things in our district. And I feel like with everyone, probably you're, you're always kind of have your head down running towards the next goal or getting bounced between a few different goals and initiatives. So I was really looking forward to, again, not only just getting away and being in a different venue, but a different environment, but really, again, getting re-energized personally, uh, kind of where I want to go, who I want to become as a leader, but also professionally and um, what I could bring back to the district. So my expectations really, I would say, were met by the conference. As I said, I think schedule-wise, um, I could have, as far as just the actual sessions, it would have been nice if I could have gotten to a few more. Uh, because really, you could only get to maybe three or four each day, uh, and then I had to flight back on Monday, so I was I missed some of the afternoon ones there. But uh, that was the only I would say the only negative is just that I would have loved to be able to get to some more sessions. But as I said, I've been perusing some of the resources that were shared and was able to get at least some of the exposure that I would have if I was able to get to those sessions. With that not being able to attend some sessions, is this a conference that's big enough where? they have some type of virtual ticket where they either like maybe video recorded the sessions or when you say you're getting resources, are they just coming off of Twitter and will people share out? Um, a lot of people were sharing out on Twitter. Uh, most of the resources I've been using is I have to, you have to actually log into the ASCD website. Um, and I don't know if I have that because I believe I have that because I'm a member and because I went to the actual conference. So that's why I probably have access to all these presentations really PowerPoint presentations, um, any handouts, any different resources that they put up there are all in one place that you can download by the schedule, by the presenter and all of that. So you can, as I said, look at it, but without, they did not video the sessions, which I think would have been amazing. Um, or at least video, at least audio record them because just like looking at any other PowerPoint out of context, there's, you know, a quote up there or, or some examples, some pictures and you don't know what went the, along with that in the presentation. So that would be an amazing feature if they could add that next year, whether, again, a video recording or at least an audio, just to be able to go along and, and actually virtually attend some of those sessions and, and get the most out of it. Because just like with the conversations, I feel like the perspective that the presenters are offering, a lot of times, almost most of the time, is more important than what's up on the screen. So I'm curious, like some something like that, where you think about, how we should learn and how we want our students to learn and, and following, you know, the trend of, of presenting. I'm very curious what kind of, how the presentations were, were put out there. Was it a lot of sit and get? Was it interactive? Was it a mix of all of that? But I'm, I'm really very curious. And I'm not trying to bash people who present in some way or the other, but if this is supposed to be like the premier event for ASCD, I would expect the presentations to be, 110% of their game. So what were the presentations like, Mike? Most of the ones I attended, it really depended on the size. Some of the smaller rooms, uh, there was a lot more group interaction. And um, some of them we were doing design, like a design thinking activity where you were actually up and moving around and working with the group and then sharing out. Um, that, it was actually a pretty interesting session. It was um, design thinking and the habits of mind together and how they kind of, in, you know, inter interrelate, which I thought was really interesting. Um, it didn't go as deep as I would have liked considering not that I'm an expert with the design thinking, but I have a decent amount of experience with it. So I would have liked it to go a little deeper, but for anyone who didn't have as much exposure to it, I think it would have been absolutely outstanding. 
Um, a lot of them, a lot of the larger sessions were um, kind of sit and get, but they did add a lot of time for reflection or, or pairing up with some different people around you to just share experiences. And, and that was interesting because you, I've known this, but you don't realize it until you really start with conversations. But most of the country doesn't deal with very small districts like we do up here in northern Jersey, where we only have three schools. Um, we're within a region, but even within that that Pasquac Valley region, there's only uh, off the top of my head, maybe 10 or 12 schools. There's some districts and some leaders that I was talking to that oversee hundreds of schools or um, are in a district that has that many schools. So kind of looking and in, in, in one way, seeing that we share the same problems and in another way, kind of realizing how much bigger and different other people's problems are with the same topic. That was, that's what came out of a lot of those kind of turn and talk type of um, type of presentations. So, so this is something that, that yeah, I'm sorry, no, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but this is something that amazes me. You said that, and we, we don't really think maybe I'm in a bubble here in New Jersey, but we're sitting here thinking about New Jersey and, you know, we are broken up into districts and we have 200 different districts throughout even Bergen County or whatever the case may be. But if you think about our needs here in New Jersey, are we even close to those bigger schools in other places? Are the needs the same or are we just, am I stuck in a bubble? I think the needs are the same and a lot of the initiatives and goals are the same. It's just on a different, there's just a lot more, a lot more people in between the people that are making those visions and goals and the teachers that are carrying out those. So we're lucky enough where we are, where you have a superintendent. A lot of times you have a curriculum person. Um, and then really it goes to principals and teachers and that's it where we are. But in a lot of other, these other districts and speaking to them, there's a, the, that hierarchy and there's maybe a lot of more supervisors and there may be, they may be working with, 20 or 30 or 40 or even like a hundred or something principles. So to get everyone on that same vision and same page is a lot more difficult. And I think that it's not as personalized as it is in our area. Uh, one of the things that I do like about it is that there are a lot more in, in other places. There's a lot more people involved in the process. So even though it may take longer to get the ball rolling, once it's rolling and you are actually implementing it, you now have a, a powerful system in place that, and you have, talk about professional development, you have all of these people and all of these resources or the successes that they have without even leaving the district. Uh, whereas I feel like where we are, you kind of have to, and, and it's good because I think in Bergen County and in most of New Jersey, we do work well together between districts, uh, but there aren't as many opportunities for you to work together other than just the relationships that you, that you form over the years. So I have a different question for you. Um, how do you seek out relevant personal and professional development for yourself? And then how do you bring that back to your school district for your teachers? Just try, try to keep up to date with what's going on out there. Um, Twitter has obviously been a major component of that. Um, I'm always trying to read professional books. My wife always makes fun of me that she's like, don't you get bored of reading about like teaching and education books? And I, I really don't. I really enjoy it. I like learning. I, I just feel like I can always get better and it's, it's a nice model for the teachers that I work with and the other administrators to just always be looking and talking about education. I mean, that's not all I care about. You know, I love my family. I love a lot of other, I have a lot of other interests, but I am really interested in, in the profession and just moving the profession forward and trying to take some of the negativity out of the profession. And I feel like by continuing to grow and, and inspiring other people to grow, that's one of the ways to do that. So as I said, through Twitter, um, 
I try to get involved with some of the ed camps. I know ed camp New Jersey is, is one of the larger ones in the country. So um, I, I haven't been able to go the last year or two, but uh, I'm trying to look, for, I'm looking forward to trying to go there this year involved in that. And again, just having conversations and going to ASCD, I did see a lot of New Jersey people and, and we really were, we were representing at ASCD everywhere we went. Um, there were a really good amount of New Jersey people. And I think it says a lot about the state and the opportunities that we have in the state to work together and to collaborate, whether it's at different um, conferences, whether it's at ed camps, whether it's at coffee EDUs or just conversations and, and podcasts, any, anything that's out there. Uh, there's, there's so many resources out there where there's really no excuse to not continuing that personal growth. And um, as far as bringing it back to the district, it's just, I think a lot of it is just conversation and trying to get, trying to mention some of the books I read or, uh, if I do get something for Twitter, I've been, I've been, like I said, there for almost two years now and haven't gotten as many people as I would have liked to on Twitter, um, even though I keep trying. So anytime I find a good resource from there, I always make sure as I'm sending it out, I'm not lying. I'm saying, oh, I found this article on Twitter. Check it out so that people are at least seeing where I'm getting some of my resources from. And as I said, trying to trying to just push that forward and let people at least expose them to it, whether they're on Twitter or not. So, Mike, we, we know the one podcast you listen to is Podcast PD, but if you're going to share that with your staff, you know, we know you have shared that with a number of people. But uh, And especially this episode. <laughs> I heard that there was a great, great guest uh, commentator on this episode. So uh, Yeah, we're still waiting for that person to show up. But uh, <laughs> if you could tell us, Mike, what's, what's one book you have been reading or that you read that you are like totally ready to share and, and hand out to somebody who asked for it? Right now, it's definitely Mathematical Mindsets by, by Joe Bowler. And I, it's really, as a former math teacher and a former elementary teacher, one of my major um, passions right now is just getting more elementary teachers, especially interested in teaching math and learning more about teaching math. I know that most elementary teachers are more language arts based, and they're just a lot more comfortable with that. If, if you haven't read this book and you do teach any, any kind of math, whether it's at the middle school, high school, or especially elementary level... It really just talks a lot about not just having a growth mindset, but the difference between not having math people and not net math people. There's this stigma where people are either good or bad and, and just the damage that does to students. And the book goes into a lot about just changing how we teach math and really focusing on mistakes as opportunities for learning. So one example is just like going over homework in a math class instead of putting up the traditional, all right, who got this one right? All right, you put up number three, you got that right. Who got number six right? Okay, you put that up on the board. It's maybe putting up the ones that were incorrect and putting up the wrong and then having conversations about those mistakes. And it just changes the way kids are exposed to math and hopefully how they feel about math. And um, like I said, you could tell, hopefully, I've been babbling about mathematical mindsets now for about five minutes because it really is a great book. And it, it's, like I said, I'm, that's one of the, my my missions is really, trying to change cultures in the elementary schools about how math is taught and how we communicate about math. I will tell you though, Mike, I've heard a lot about mathematical mindsets and how much I do have to read it. It's and- like I said, even if you're, if you have any exposure to math, I would say to read it. And some of it's more like brain research and you can kind of skip over some of it if you're not, if it's dry, but it's I really- heard it was not a dry read. And I'm, I'm one of those people who paints myself with that brush of I'm not a math person. And now that I'm at the middle school, it really freaks me out because that's math beyond my ability. But the book intrigues me. It's on my bookshelf. 
I have no clue. It's yet. good. Like I but said, there's there. there's a few parts I wouldn't say are dry, but it's more research based that and then there's mm-hmm. more practical parts. So And of course, mathematical mindsets will appear in the show notes for this episode, which will be at podcastpd.com slash six. And our our very first guest here on Podcast PD, uh, Mike Andrulli, has been a fantastic guest and has shared a lot about his learning at ASCD 2017 out in Anaheim, how he learns, what he learned, and you know we can't thank him enough. But since you're our first guest, we're going to ask you, and this should hopefully be a theme for all future guests, so we're going to finish with this question. And we'd like you to describe your ideal professional development experience. And since you have experience from two parts of that, you can either talk about it as a learner in professional development when you go to a session or talk about your ideal PD experience that you would create as a presenter. So I think the ideal experience, that feel of of the lunch at ASCD where there's just really good conversation going on. And I, I think that that is usually a lot of times the intention of some of the the conferences that that go on uh they try to set up times to do that but a lot of times it's hard and especially in district when you're when when you're organizing or or leading a pd session what i always try to do is at least have our teachers be able to choose their topics i always try to give them some time to work with their team or work with their colleagues or whoever it may be on somewhat of an open-ended um type of topic like they usually just write a short proposal just so we know about what they're talking about and setting some goals. So that I think that's the biggest struggle is you want it to be open. You want people to have some freedom to really learn and, and share topics that they're interested in, that they're passionate about. But I think on the flip side of that, there are a lot of teachers, a lot of people that when they get that free time, don't necessarily use it. And then the day goes by and they want more time. And, and it's because they didn't really use their time effectively. So that's one of my biggest struggles is is giving kind of free range for them to be able to do what they want to do and what's important to them, but also having some sort of structures in place so that there are goals and that they are somewhat tied at least to our district vision and goals. Um, so as I said, really just the conversation and asking each other questions and, and having trying to be vulnerable and talking about what we're all struggling with, what we're all trying to learn, and then trying to – I think the biggest thing is – educators can give you a million problems and a million different challenges that stand in the way of doing things. But a lot of times we get so caught up in those challenges that we don't start at least moving towards solutions to those problems. And um, a lot of times if we don't have a solution and we think that at the end of that PD session or that PD day, we won't be able to check that off of our list as a problem, then we don't move forward and we just look at the challenges. So as I said, always trying to tie it more to goals and timelines that can be flexible, but at least something that they're moving towards a common goal or a common vision. I don't know about you, Stacey and AJ, but I, I, I can't agree more with, with that. And there should be le- less about the challenges and, and let's start coming up with more solutions and actually start moving education forward. No, I, I, I completely agree with that. I think Mike hit it on the head. I think uh, if we can get more people to conferences like that or create those conferences with that vibe, I think that we we all become better educators. But I think we do have to be real about some of the hurdles he's saying that they're, that he's tackling, right? So teachers who aren't necessarily taking their own PD seriously, that's a struggle. And I, you know, as someone who delivers professional development to 
you know, the willing and the unwilling. Um, that's where I, I don't lose. I, I find I lose, um, I lose energy in working with them sometimes because if they're not going to help themselves, I can't help them either. Right. So. And time is such a valuable commodity that when they have time and they're not using their time, it, it's, it's frustrating because you're there, you're there to support them. You're, you've put in time to prepare and try to make the session or the, the day or whatever it may be as valuable as possible. And then you see people wasting the time are going to be the same people that in another month say that they need additional resources and they need an additional training and time to move things forward. And, and I'm not the kind of person that will necessarily be like, well, you wasted that whole day. But I think it is important to kind of say that every once in a while and say, well, listen, next PD day, you're, you have a whole day to just do some things here, some, set some goals. And I think there has to be some sort of accountability. And that's where I go back to that balance of holding people accountable, but not making it be them just doing what I'm telling them to do. Cause that's, that's not really it. And I, I think a lot of times on the flip side, when you get the teachers, whether it be at an ed camp or what, it's at one of those kind of type of situations. So one of those venues where most people are growth minded, I feel like a lot of times you get so far in the other direction where everyone wants to just talk about themselves and what they've done. And it's not necessarily, they're not there to help people. They're there to help themselves and help their brand. Um, so I, I think that's one of the challenges with the people when you're with a group of people that are all growth minded, trying to seek out the people that are, that are genuine and that are there to help each other and have conversations with each other that again, push each other to grow. Yeah, Mike, I can tell you definitely are on fire on this one. Uh, <laughs> and I can tell you have a passion for this. So if you want to continue the conversation with Mike outside of this podcast, where can our listeners find you, Mike? Um, they can find me on Twitter at Mike Andriuli. Um, and I would imagine my spelling, my name will be in the show notes. So you could, you could check that out. Um, and as I said, people can email me, MikeMW23 at gmail.com. I'm always looking to help people and, and continue, again, the conversations and the growth together. No, you're not off the hook yet. So we're still coming okay. back. So don't go anywhere. All right. So for our last part, we're just going to, we're going to throw in a little bit about what we're learning. So uh, you can jump in the conversation and tell us what you've been up to out there in podcast world. So for me uh, personally and professionally, I'm still kind of doing some research on changing up my classroom. Um, every day I'm reflecting on something new. So I'm continuing to learn about new ways that I can create that growth mindset in my students since that is the big buzzword right now. As as I talked to other people and Mike was included in this conversation, I'm looking to change that culture of my classroom and figure out the growth mindset that's taking place. Uh, also, I'm kind of jumping into uh, experimenting this year for a big push next year with learning menus, uh, personalized learning, uh, because I want to create that better student-centered blended learning experience for my students. So any tips, tricks, hints would be helpful. Chris, what do you got on Slate? Being in the uh, social studies classroom and being now in the fourth marking period, I have decided to throw a 20% genius hour passion project in the hands of my students. And I've been learning personally more, a lot about 20% time. The only experience I have with it prior to this is doing a modified version uh, with the classes I'm teaching at Rutgers. Working with college kids is different than working with high school students. So I'm really excited about that. I've not let that 
lack of complete knowledge stop me from trying something new with my students, that that's what I'd like you, the listener, to also not be afraid of. You know, I, I have nothing to lose. My kids have everything to gain from this experience. And, and I framed it in a way to them that, you know, for and I'm working with working with freshmen. I framed it to them as, you know, for eight and a half years, you've been told what to learn, how to learn it, how you're going to be assessed on it. Everything's being dictated to you. Here's an opportunity for you to decide what you want to learn, how you want to learn it, and how you want to share it with not just me for a grade, but for the world. So I I dived head on into that. And one resource I came across that I'll share here uh, is a website, and the address is 20timeineducation.com. And that's the number 20, timeineducation.com. Good blog, great resources, a lot of printables, things to copy and paste if you're doing things digitally in your classroom. Uh, and, and I'm really excited to see what my kids can come up with over this last, you know, eight or nine weeks of the school year. And let's see. So I am continuing to work on this sheets thing. I'm still trying to wrap my head around sheets. I re- it's really not being a math person. Sorry, Mike, I'm still holding on to that. I'm just, I see no value in sheets, except I know that I need it to tackle this one project that I'm doing um, for, for um, something in my town at the boys' school. But um, more recently, I learned how not to deliver PD at a professional conference last week. Um, Chris was there with me. I don't really want to get into it, except to say that it was a lot of sit and get. And, you know, being someone who, delivers PD. It was a real struggle for me to sit through four hours of sales pitches. I think it was actually eight hours. I think my PD cert said eight, but not <laughs> all of it was that. And we had lunch and there was some walking around the city, which was kind of nice. But um, how not to have a conference is pitching and sit and get and really bad slides. If you're going to have slides, you should just look and see what slides should look like. But I also picked up... Um, at this conference, a few copies of Dennis Sheeran's book, Instant Relevance. And um, I've read it. So what I'm hoping to do is lead a book group with my tech team. Uh, we've been on this book club JAG for the past year. Actually, this is our second second year, maybe third year doing it, um, where we try to read the same book so that we can bring you know, continuity in our professional development to our... Um, to our, our individual staff, since we're all building based, um, it, it provides some continuity from, you know, the, the kindergarten classrooms all the way up to the 12th grade classrooms and their teachers. So anyway, I like having book clubs and, and having that conversation and just getting different insight from people who work with all of the different teachers in our district. Mike, before we head out, if you can just tell us something that you have been learning or that you've learned recently outside of the uh, ASCD conference. Uh, let the listeners know what, what do you got going on for yourself? I've been, we've been spending a lot of time really trying to uh, help out the transition into kindergarten and then from kindergarten to first grade, because we've had a lot of challenges. And what's fun is that my daughter is, uh, is also going to kindergarten next year. So it's kind of something that I'm doing outside of school and trying to prepare her and also knowing what the expectations are in our district. And, uh, Really, uh, that's since I taught fifth grade and then middle school math, I don't have as much experience at that level. So it's been really valuable to be able to really look at some of the challenges that the kindergarten teachers face in getting kids who some have been in preschool for several years, some have 
no schooling and don't ha have any exposure to the letters and may not even really speak English very well. Um, and they're getting all those students and then responsible for teaching that kindergarten curriculum. So we've spent a lot of time this year in the district, but then outside also, like I said, working with my own daughter of really just trying to sift through the curriculum and, and really look at the essential skills we want them to learn. And again, then they've been working hand in hand with the first grade teachers to kind of have that vertical articulation. And, and like I said, it's been really valuable for me to get to know that early elementary curriculum and um, really try to prioritize that for the teachers. And then because of that, uh, a result of that was now that we've looked at our kindergarten orientation and screening process and really tried to fine tune that and really connect it again back to those essential skills that we need students to be able to learn and things that we need them to be able to do. And we're spending, they were able to build some, um, some units to start the year that instead of jumping right into the curriculum, those kind of getting to know how to be a student. Um, so they built uh, how to how, becoming a reader and that kind of, they go through some of the, just getting used to being in the classroom and some of the routines into also being a reader. And they've also done some now with our math work, which I'm excited about of how to be a mathematician. So again, just learning where do we get manipulatives in the classroom and, and how do we carry them? How do we care for them? So those are all lessons that aren't in the curriculum that are important for the success and sets them up for the rest of the year. And as I said, as I've been good doing that, I've been drilling my daughter now at home and I'm sure she loves it. <laughs> but, um, just trying to teach her and get her ready to be a student. I, she's always been smart and I know that she, she understands things well, but I, she struggles with being a student. And I think that the focus that we've done in the district has helped us as parents to really try to prepare her and she's still got a free spirit. And I feel bad for the teacher for next year uh, to try to rein that spirit in, but she's a great kid. And, and like I said, I, I'm glad I've been able to help her now because of that. If she's in the right classroom, they won't have to rein in that free spirit. They will, um, they will ignite it and help shape it into some constructive creativity. They will pour water on her and she will blossom in new ways. Exactly. exactly. If not, Daddy, the curriculum director, will come in and say, what's up? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Pull out that long title of mine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be a topic for a future episode where we talk about how not to pull the teacher card when you're the parent of a child. But let's yes. not go there now. <laughs> I've, had that done on me. Yes, I've had that done to me, and I definitely would not do that to others. <laughs> that is definitely a topic for another show, though. AJ, write that down. So we, we've learned a lot. Obviously, we're going to continue to learn and we look forward to sharing more learning in our obviously future episodes. Uh, but now in terms of feedback, uh, we don't have any feedback to share. We didn't get any voxes or anybody sending us emails or comments. So, I'm so sad. Yeah, we're sad. So we'd like to encourage you to share your thoughts, leave comments on the show notes for this episode. Tell us what you think of what Mike shared and you could do that over at podcastpd.com slash six. You can obviously tweet us your thoughts at podcastpd, connect with you know all of us on Twitter. But we would like to give a shout out to our latest Twitter follower to keep the trend going from episode five. And our latest Twitter follower is Gretchen Bridgers. She is at G Schultek. She is also a member of our network. She's a podcaster and she produces the Always a Lesson Empowering Educators podcast which can be found at alwaysalesson.com. So if you're looking for another podcast to check out, be sure to check out Gretchen's. And 
I think that's going to do it for this episode. So for Podcast PD, I'm Chris Nessie. You can connect with me on Twitter. I am at Mr. Nessie and AJ and Stacy. Let everyone know where they can find you. And, you know, we'll also say thank you to Mike as well. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at AJ Bianco, on the Instagram at AJ Bianco, and at my blog at AJBianco.me. What's your name again? I think I'm AJ Bianco. Just checking. He owns uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stacy Lindis, and uh, I'm my pseudonym online is at IRunTech for Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my slowly going dormant blog. Um, at, at www.irontech.me Mike, where can we find you? Uh, as I mentioned before, you can find me at, at Mike Andriuli on Twitter, and I also have a pretty much dormant blog that uh, I don't even remember the address to. So. <laughs> so if you find Mike's blog, leave a comment so he gets notifications about it, and encourage we'll him to him on write. Twitter and tell him to start blogging again. There you go. There's good thoughts in that head, Mike. You got to share them with the world. I know. I have to get around to doing it. It's, it's tough, but definitely want to. But like I said, with two two young daughters at home, my energy is pretty much sapped by the end of the night, and I, I can't even string together a coherent thought. So uh, it's tough to get that out in writing. So I have, I have to find some time, make some time. Did you guys hear that? It's not like excuses. excuses. Yeah. <laughs> no excuses, Mike. Oh, it's definitely excuses. I know. Thanks, everybody, for checking out this episode. Again, hit up the show notes, podcastpd.com slash six. And uh, we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. He's drinking from an ASCD water bottle. (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't even plan that, but I just and it doesn't say what ASCD stands for. It says learn, teach, lead. Hey, that's that just shows Mike is all in with ASCD. He <laughs> it's is a great committed. water bottle. My other one he used to have committed. a straw and you used to have to like it took forever to drink it. This just it flows well very well. Sorry. That's okay. I drink better with a straw. Go back, Chris. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> sorry, Chris. I couldn't. <laughs> Show him the bottle. He's having fun. <laughs>